He's Jonathan. He's Timothy. And this is Project 1517. Scripture, Theology, Life. We have reached the end of our journey, with you. We add on the highest and most brilliant views in the book. We end with a simple problem. Despite all the false teaching, despite all the doom, the Lord will keep His beloved and bring them with great joy into His glorious presence. Count on it. faithfulness like Christ had had for us. And there's so much, I hope our listeners are, are seeing this. I'm, I'm really moved by Jude here. For all these people, everybody, be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. Um, and even to this last group now, uh, this would be the group of people who has totally bought all the way to their core um, whatever these false teachings are um, about sexual morality and things like that. They've just bought it. They're part of the false teachers group, etc. And even them, Jude says, even these people are not beyond redemption yet. They're not, you know, they're not, we shouldn't just totally wash our hands of them. Uh, he says, to others, here's this third group, show mercy mixed with fear. So he adds, he adds this idea, like, it, it's not just showing mercy. There also has to be an element of fear as we approach them. Um, and to this extent, to this extent, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Now, there's a lot of things that might jump out at you there, but the first thing I want to comment on is this idea of hating. Now, first of all, like, whoa, that doesn't sound Christian. Christians love. Christians don't hate. You know, what is, what is going on there? But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, if, if, if maybe we can deepen pe- people's understanding of Christianity here. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about love. God is a God of love. Um, but there's also things that he hates. And his hate for things grows out of his love. Like, for example, uh, if you love life you're going to hate death. Am I right? Like your yeah. love of life is, is going to produce a hate of death. And, and if you know what's good and healing and, and right when it, and is the will of God and it's beautiful and you treasure it to the bottom of your heart, the, there is the flip side to that, that you're going to look at something that's destructive and um, sinful and broken and you're going to say that's a hateful thing. It's a wrong thing. Well, and he doesn't um, say hate people or something like that. He says hate clothing stained by um, sin. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with... Yeah, that's, that's what we should do. You know, like, look at that and say, you know, I don't want to be a part of that. That, that grosses yeah. me out. I, um, but... To the there, person and that's itself, the right term. To the person itself, it's to show mercy. 
you know, to balance, to balance the whole thing out. And there, you know, I want to follow through on your deal. Like, it, it should gross us out. This Jude's talking about a sense of revulsion for, for sin when he talks about clothing stained by corrupted flesh. That, that clothing, the idea of that clothing there is the clothing that's really next to your flesh. It's the, it's the undergarments. And the, the stain uh, is talking about human feces there. So Maybe, it's that yeah. something unclean, like um, could be feces, could be like um, you know those types of things that make you unclean after sex. Uh, right. Though he's talking about those types of emissions, and he's saying, "So let that gross you out," because I'm grossed out right now. You know. Right. And he, and he says, when you approach people who are just in that and they're doing that, he says, show mercy uh, mixed with fear. Uh, mixed with fear. Fear is, uh, oh man, I don't want to be influenced too much by these false teachers. I got to be on guard against that. I can't just jump in there and, and be a part of it. So that's the fear part. Is, uh, I don't want to be drawn in and influenced too much by those ideas. And mercy, in that sense, uh, first of all, I would talk about prayers. Uh, we, can, we can pray for these people. Uh, we can talk to these people. Uh, and as we do that, that's, that's a profound act of mercy. Uh, and maybe our prayer is, Lord, uh, draw people to repentance. Help people know the truth. Um, yeah. Ready for the doxology? I'm ready. <laughs> this is this is the big culminating uh, point of Jude's book, and I love that he's going to end it on this high note of keeping. So, just a minute ago, he said, "Keep yourselves in God's love," but now he's going to remind us, like, who's Who's actually doing the keeping? So it says. By the way, Timothy, what's a doxology? Well, I mean, that's those are two words put together, right? A word of praise. It's simply what it means, and it be it's become a little bit formulaic. And the New Testament usually starts with naming um, who we're talking about, right? And uh, it moves to like it'll address time issues like how long is this happening and it'll name attributes that are worthy of praise and then there's a, like a closing sentence to it so this is typically what what a doxology it's a little bit formulaic Jude's, Jude uses that formula here a little bit but he has his own specific little twist to it to uh, match his book should we read it one one of the longest doxologies in the Bible beautiful yeah okay so this is what Jude writes this is how he closes his book to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only God our Savior be glory majesty power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. I'm smiling right now. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Preach on, Jude. I'm so comforted right now. So comforted. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling. He's not only able, he wants to. He's going to keep us. He's not going to let any of you fall. Not me, not you, not anyone who's listening. He actually, in, in the original Greek, he actually strengthens that idea. I know the NIV translates it here, keep. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing that, but uh, the Greek idea there includes the idea of guarding. You know, sort of like a military term, like he's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guard. He's posted sentries around you. And he's got a fortress around you of his love. He's going to keep you from stumbling, and he's going to present you before his glorious presence. Listen to this. In this world full of sin, full of false teachers, full of ungodly desires, he will present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. How's he going to do that? (laughs) Well, I mean, we think about that just... We have to luxuriate that in that just for a second without fault. What? <laughs> without Is that sin. one of the most ref- Oh man. Without any mistakes in uh in dealing with false teaching. Whoa. Um without fault. And then he says with great joy like ah it, it's going to be so different. All the times in the Bible when, when sinners encounter God, it's always a fear-inducing experience. Everybody, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, is what the holy, the holy ones always say. And what, but what it says here is that when the time comes uh, that we are going to experience great joy, well, is that talking Beautiful. about... Beautiful. Is that our joy or is that God's joy? It's a great question. Because there's a part of me that thinks God's going to put his arm around us. And he's going to lead us into his holy courtroom. And there's going to be this giant smile on his faith. And he says, this is my son. This is my daughter. I washed them in my blood. And I'm so happy that he's finally got the place where I've always wanted him or her to be. I've slaughtered the fattened calf. Here's my ring. Here's a robe. Come on, let's party. (laughs) And it's not just happiness, it's joy. Like, it's this overwhelming... Wow! Uh, this is what I always meant to do by keeping him, by keeping her uh, from stumbling, by washing this person in my blood, and he, and and now I present this this person to you all. And this is this is a thing we all have to understand. I mean, this is a heavy, 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 heavy book of the Bible. Heavy, heavy, heavy. And we have to understand that when when we are confronted with these heavy truths, it's only because God is saving us. It's only because he wants real life for us. And he's saying, that's not real life. That's, that is death. That is destruction. That is darkness. And he's saying, 
I want to bring you to this place without faith and without, excuse me, without fault and with great joy where there is life. There's real life oh. for your body and for your soul. <laughs> real wait. life. In the meantime, we're waiting. And, and so Jude lifts up his voice again to Jesus, his half-brother, and he says, To the only God, our Savior, oh, be glory, majesty, power, and authority. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then he's got the time stamp. Before all ages, now, and forevermore. So, like, all of this is just welling up. Amen. (laughs) It's pretty pretty important to understand uh, this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, doxology, too. Uh, you know, God's our Savior. We we can't encounter. We never, never in the New in test, New Testament do we encounter a naked God. We can't. The human creature, uh, because of our sin, we cannot encounter God's majesty, power, and authority uh, nakedly. It has to be through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Who's, he's the one who makes us righteous. He's the one who makes us without fault. He's the one who makes us not only safe, but also full of joy um, as we enter the presence of God, our Savior, who's our Savior because he sent Jesus to save us. So in a unique case here, normally Jesus is called the Savior. Here God the Father is called the Savior because he sent Jesus. And that is the culmination of the ages, as you said. That is the, that's what Christians have always been waiting for, when God will be all in all, when forever and eternity will stretch on before us as, as a horizon that we will never, ever meet. Um, and we will be with God forever. And there will be life, and there will be life, and there will be life unbounded. Thanks be to God. Amen. (laughs) I think that's the only way you can end this, is to say, Amen. Amen. We did it. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) We did it. But we still have to ask the question. We just finished season two of Jude. Where do we go from here? Well, Timothy, should we uh, wait and see if anybody's going to (laughs) listen? Maybe we should, maybe we should. But if Jude's any indication, maybe we should take a look at the Old Testament again. He wants us to go there. He wants us to look at the Old Testament. What do you think about doing the book of Jonah? We've done two books now that are very unknown. What about taking the most known story in the entire Bible? <laughs> yeah. And see if certainly we can, the Old Testament. And see cuz I, I think I want to take Jonah. I, it's just Jonah is a book that has become one-dimensional almost. It's become a caricature of itself. It's Joan and the Whale. And nobody really knows what that book's about. They think they do, which is very dangerous. (laughs) That's right. 
maybe it's time to dig in. Can we take it? I'll take it. Done. Jonah, it is. We are podcasting scripture one book of the Bible at a time. For more information, visit www.project1517.com or our Facebook page. We do invite you to support this ministry by sharing this podcast with family and friends and by giving us a good review on iTunes. You can also help with the costs of its production by giving a gift on our website. This is Project 1517. Scripture. Theology. Life. Life.